Now, because it is the holidays, I'm going to show you a video clip. And uh, let's douse the lights here. And because it is the holidays, it has to do with matzo balls. Matzo balls. So pay close attention to the matzo balls. Yeah, thinking of making a big move. What? I might tell her that I love her. Oh, my. <laughs> I, uh, I came this close last night, and then I just, just uh, chickened out. Well, that's a big move, Georgie boy. Are you confident in the I love you return? 50-50. Because if you don't get that return, that's a pretty big matzo ball hanging out there. Well, you know, I could have actually gone tonight. So why didn't you? Why? Well, didn't want to break our date. Oh, well. Because I. <laughs> I love you. You know, I'm hungry. Let's get something to eat. <laughs> hungry? Let's get something to eat. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Big matzo ball. Huge matzo ball. 1988. Sitting in the car with Joanne Snyder in the parking lot of her apartment. I was in love with her. She was in love with me. We hadn't said it yet. And I was dying to tell her, I love you. But I was not 100% sure on the I love you return. But I didn't care. I rolled the dice. And I looked at her and I said, I love you. Big matzo ball, right? She turned back to me and she said, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So for about two weeks, that matzo ball just hung out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, there it was. What's she going to do with it? What's she going to do with it? And then finally, she told me she loved me too. And it's been 27 years and... Not one fight. So um, <laughs> I share that with you because this is really important. Um, a little bit over 2,000 years ago, uh, let's go to the um, verse in Titus. Over 2,000 years ago, uh, Paul wrote these words about what happened over 2,000 years ago. I want to go to verse 4. This is very important. He says, but when the kindness and the love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. When did God's Kindness and love appear when Jesus was born, right? We celebrate Christmas because that is when God said to the whole world, I love you. And that matzo ball has been hanging out for over 2,000 years. Now, some people have looked at it and said, thank you, and gone on their way. Some people have claimed not to hear it. Some people have pretended they didn't hear it. Some people heard it and said, whoopity-doo-da-day. But many of you in here today have heard God say, I love you. And your response has been to say back to him, well, I love you. Because when we walk in the door, you see what's our most important thing that we list all the time is to what? Love Jesus. That's what counts the most. To respond to God's love by saying, Jesus, I love you. But 
The question we want to ask today is, how does that love look? And we've got the words down. Paul is pretty clear here that um, God has told us that he loves us. So what should our response be? What should it look like? So let's go to a couple of verses earlier. This is right before what we just read. And Paul says, remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always to be gentle toward everyone. In these verses, I believe there are three, and I'm going to use the word gifts to kind of tie it into the wise men, three gifts that we are to give in response to God's love to us. We say, God, I love you by giving these three gifts. But they're not easy. So let's go to the first one. We need to be good to those in authority. Now, by the way, you have notes in your bulletin. You might want to pull those out and start writing in the blanks because I'm going to have you flip back and forth uh, throughout the message. But in that scripture, we are told to be good to those in authority. Paul writes, Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good. So who are our authorities? Well, God is in authority over us. We have parents who are in authority, teachers, bosses, presidents, governors, mayors, police officers, coaches. We have a lot of people that God has put in authority over us. One of my favorite verses is Romans chapter 13, verse 1. Paul says, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. In other words, God says who's going to be an authority in your life, and your response is to be good to those in authority. Now, what I want you to do is on the first part of that card, you don't have to write the name down if you don't want to, but you can maybe just write the position, but write down somebody who's an authority figure in your life that you struggle to be good to. Somebody who you struggle to be good to. And I'll share with you someone who I struggle um, to be good to. In fact, I, I'm, I'm guessing I'm going to struggle. I think in the next four years, there will be times when I'll struggle being good to President Trump. I mean... There are some things that I agree with him, but there are some things that I disagree with him. And on those things that I disagree, I might struggle being good. But what's interesting about this is there's nowhere in the scriptures that say only when that person is good should you be good, right? Only when your parents aren't dorks should you be good to them. No, 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 no. You be good all the time to the people that God has placed and authority over you. So we're going to talk a little bit later about how we can be good to those people, but I just want you to write that down um, on the first line. Okay, let's go to number two. This is the second gift we're supposed to give, to be kind to those around you. Paul writes, slander no one, be peaceable and considerate. So everybody else, your spouses, your children, your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors, people on your street, we're supposed to be kind to everybody. But that's not always easy, is it? So what I want you to do is write down someone who you struggle being kind to. And I'll tell you who I put on that list. There's only one person I struggle being kind to, honestly. There's just one, and it's my wife. 
And now you're thinking, well, you're an idiot and you want to punch me in the face, which don't do that because that wouldn't be nice. But for some reason, I can be nice to a complete stranger. But when I get tired, when I get frustrated, when I get irritated, when I get hungry, when I get out of, you know, bent out of shape, sometimes I'm not kind to the greatest woman in the whole world. And that's something that I have to work on. And I'm going to be talking about that a little bit later, how we can do that. But put down who you struggle being kind to. And then finally, number three, we are to be humble. Be humble as you walk in this world. Paul says, always be gentle towards everyone. But that word is also humble. Always be humble toward everyone. Now where, I want you to write... Yeah, thank you, honey. I want you to write um, down on that list where you struggle being humble, where you struggle with pride. It could be with a person. It could be with a situation. Let me tell you where I struggle. It's always been interesting to me, but pastors struggle in pride and humility being pastors. Let me explain. When I was younger and I first started out and I got placed at this one church, one of my friends got asked to speak um, at a retreat, and I didn't get asked to speak, and I thought to myself, well, why didn't I get asked to speak, right? And so God had to work in my life. Recently, um, my daughter Kaylee, she got asked to speak at Roberts, at the, at the chapel. She got asked to speak at Pierce twice now. She's speaking at Pierce. 27 years, not one has ever asked me to speak there, and I'm better than her. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, that's not good. Actually, true, true story. My lovely daughter, Allison, is home. I went up to Allison. I said, and kind of jokingly, but kind of seriously, said, I said, Allison, who's the better preacher, me or your sister? And she goes, oh, Dad, you, you. You're just, you have much more experience and wisdom. So I went home and said, hey, Kaylee, talk to Allison. Asked her who the better preacher was. She said, me. Kaylee goes, that's funny. I asked her the same question, and she said, me. (laughs) So we cornered Miss Allison. Now, we we laugh and we joke about that because we can. Because I've come to the understanding that um, the audience size doesn't matter. Who's doing the speaking doesn't matter. Uh, It doesn't matter whether God is moving in the music, in the prayer, in the greeting, whatever. It's all God anyways. Last night, Mark Camerer was preaching. I was not home praying, Lord, help Mark to stink so they'll like me and they'll miss me. No, I was praying, Lord, help Mark do good because I want him to do well. We wanted Brianna to do well leading worship because it's all about God. It's never about us. It's never, ever, ever about us. But Satan will go after you in that way sometimes. So where does he go after you? Where do you struggle with your pride? Where do you struggle being humble? Now, these are the three gifts that we're looking at here. And I hope you've noticed that these aren't easy. Right? Being good to those in authority, not easy. Being kind to those around us, not easy. Being humble as we walk in this world, not easy. But these are the gifts that I believe Paul shows that we are to give away in response to God's love to us. 
Christmas Day, Jesus is born. God says, I love you. And what is our response? I love you too. And how do we show it? By giving these gifts away. But they're so hard. So the question is, yeah, but how? And yes, I know, that's a spelling error. So we can go, yay, but how? But that should be, yeah, um, but how? And I believe Paul has given us some really good direction in Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. So we're going to go there. If you want to turn to Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. I believe if you turn your card over, you'll see that that's proper. I'm going to want you to be going back. You're going to be flipping back and forth on the sides of your card. So keep that in front of you. All right. There are six things in this scripture that I believe uh, Paul tells us that we can do. And if we do these things, it will help us to give those three gifts away. So here's the first one. We are to imitate Christ's compassionate, forgiving attitude. Paul writes, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other. Forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. We are supposed to be compassionate and forgiving like Jesus. Now, flip the card back over. And look at the names that you've written down. Look at that name that you struggle with being good to who's an authority in your life. And the question is, how compassionate are you to that person? How forgiving are you to that person? How about being kind? You know, the scripture says, love does not keep a record of wrongs. So if I am truly being compassionate and forgiving and kind to my wife, then I'm not keeping track of all the times she torqued me, which is a very short list, but still I'm not keeping track of it, right? I mean, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. All right, let's go to the next one. Number two, Paul says, let love guide your life. He writes, and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Now flip the card back over. Do you love those that are in authority over you? Do you love those people that are in your life? Do you love people in general? If you have love guiding your life, you are able to give those three gifts, aren't you? All right, let's go to number three. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. In fact, that's what Paul writes. He says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. Think about this for a moment. Does peace, does the peace of Christ rule, I like that word, rule in your heart? Does the peace of Christ rule in your heart? If you really have the peace of Christ, then you don't need to be worried about people, right? You don't need to be prideful. You don't need to puff yourself up. You can be humble because you have the peace of Christ ruling your heart, right? Number four, and this is really brief, Paul writes, and be thankful. And be thankful. Always be thankful. Now this is a big one, and this takes some discipline, but think about it for a moment. Regardless of who you voted for in the election, shouldn't we be thankful that we have a democracy? Right? Shouldn't we be thankful that we don't live 
in a dictatorship. I met a guy this past week from the Congo. He moved here a few years ago. The poor guy, his name was Ebenezer. His parents named him Ebenezer. They lived in the Congo. They never heard of Ebenezer Scrooge. So he moves to America, and what's the first thing he hears? Hey, Ebenezer Scrooge. He's like, what is Ebenezer Scrooge? He doesn't know who Ebenezer Scrooge is. And he's a nice guy, though. So anyways, he's telling us a story about the Congo. He's seven years old, and there's wars going on. And so he has to sleep at night in his cot, in his tent, with his shoes on, in case they hear gunfire, and he's got to run. We don't live there. We don't live in a dictatorship. We live in a democracy. We should always be thankful. All right, next one. We are to keep God's word in you at all times. Paul writes, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, psalms, hymns, songs in the spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Do you keep God's word in you at all times? Think about this one for a moment. This is very important. We keep a lot of things in us at all times, right? For instance, um, yesterday, what was the movie? What was the movie Stephen was singing? Moana. I haven't seen Moana. All right, my nephew is 26, 27. He's seen Moana and he borrowed the DVD. He knows every word to the songs. So he's just going. So he is keeping the words of Moana in him at all times, which is great. And it's a lot of fun at parties. But um, how is that going to help you or I? And you know what I'm talking about because you all have things in your, right? Some of you got sports statistics, right? Some of you got math equations. And we got our minds like filling stuff up all the time. What about God's word? What about God's word? If you're going to be good to the authorities, if you're going to be kind to those around you, if you're going to be humble and not prideful, don't you need God's word in you at all times? So that you can quote that scripture. I've told you the story. I think I told my small group. I don't know if I've told the congregation, but Joanne's been doing this new thing. You know Joanne. She's kind of shy and quiet. Um, She discovered, I love it when she discovers technology. She discovered that YouTube, YouTube, if you put it on the right channel, will play like over and over and over Christian videos. And so I wake up in the morning to like a house just jamming with these Christian videos on YouTube. And my wife like doing circles and dancing in the kitchen and coming up to me and and quoting scripture. And I'm thinking, okay, that's cool. It could be a lot worse, I can tell you that much, right? And, um... But what's going on here? She's got God's word in her. And she's able to be that person because she has God's word in her at all times. There's lots of ways to put God's word in you, but you've got to do it. And here's the last one, and this is, and this is the key one to end in, I think. Paul says, and whatever you do, whatever you do, uh, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. Folks, we are to live as Christ's representatives. One person once said it, that we are to be like little Jesus, right? We are his representative. So, so, when we are called to be good, 
the authorities that God has put in our lives, we are to be like Christ. Now, did Christ have some not-so-hot authorities in his life? Yeah. And what did he do? Did he zap them? No. He let himself be arrested, beaten, and crucified. He humbled himself to the point of death on the cross. Do you have authorities in your life that maybe might not be the best? Maybe. But God doesn't say only be good to those authorities when they're good to you. Because we are to represent Jesus Christ. We are not representing Jesus Christ when we put down our police officers. We are not representing Jesus Christ when we are critical of our teachers and our bosses and our parents. Right? That's what we're supposed to be because people who don't know Jesus are looking at us and say, okay, you're a Christian, so that must be how a Christian behaves. Well, hopefully they're seeing something good. Right? How about the people you're supposed to be kind to? Now, I know that when I'm not kind to Joanne, I am definitely not living as Christ representative. And so what I have to do is I have to apologize. And I make sure that not only do I apologize to my wife, but that my daughters understand that. Because I don't want my daughters leaving going, huh, I guess if you're Christ representative, you could be unkind to your spouse. No, no. And they're smart enough to know. They're not little girls anymore. In fact, they're the ones that tell me first, Dad, you're being a jerk. You ever use the word jerk? Probably not. You're being unkind. And then Allison says, I'm going to punch you in the throat if you don't apologize to mom. So that always works. That works. And again, who is more humble than Jesus, right? I mean, if anybody could have walked this earth with his chest puffed out, all prideful and his nose in the air, it'd be the savior of the world. But he didn't. He humbled himself. All right, so go back to that sheet on the other side. I don't know who you wrote down, and maybe you didn't write anybody down. Maybe you're thinking those people in your head, but I'm going to put a clock up in a second, 60 seconds. And as this clock plays, the purpose is to get you thinking, what does God want me to do? What do I have to do to be good to the authorities in my life, to be kind to the people in my life, to be humble and not prideful? Because, folks, it's out there. That big matzo ball from God is out there. He said, I love you. And he's waiting for our response. And our response just can't be in words, right? It can't just, oh, I love you too. No. We've got some stuff to do. we got some gifts to give. So let's start the clock and write down what God wants you to do next. felt alone and God was silent A world with no hope asleep in darkness But on this day the angels say of peace it's come to men The world has changed because of bad 